All right. <laughs> Is it actually going to show the right camera? Hi, stream. How you doing? What's happening? Oh, no. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Don't think it's going to show the right camera because YouTube is being psychotic today. <laughs> all right, Brad, it's all on you. It's all on you. It, it's the Brad <laughs> show today. <laughs> it's what the people want anyways. Exactly. We're just riding on your coattails. Oh, jeez. Don't say that. <laughs> no pressure. It's not a Canadian stream without some technical difficulties, right? Right. And there we go. I can fix this. <laughs> Bam. Here we go. We're live. Cask strike, right. et cetera, et cetera. Theoretically switching to the proper view. Theoretically. Theoretically. You know what oh, we need right we now? We need one of those like, old-timey, like when me, a TV station nice. goes off the air and there's like a mouse chewing the cord, you right. know, behind the camera. Some, <laughs> some, some goofy music playing. Yeah. That's what we need. Sure. Oh, boy. Hey, guys, we'll start uh, actually talking about things and uh, maybe right now? Maybe. maybe. Can the people actually hear Tyra's us? not available. <laughs> <laughs> it's you guys. Here, I'll just switch to you guys. Go for it. Talk. Okay. I'll, hey. I'll work All right. stuff That's, out. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to Cast Strength with uh, Vito. I'm drinking Kill Bacon. And I have Jameson Black Barrel. That is I... our co-host, Josh. Oh, yeah. That's right. I should probably introduce myself like you did, huh? We're professionals. We can do this. Totally, totally professional. We know what we're doing. Yep. And um, Brad behind the mic drinking some Asyla, I think. Oh, I'm here somewhere <laughs> drinking Asyla, yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. The voice of God. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. Um, it's great to be back again. Um, we're going to try to make this as scheduled as possible every Wednesday night, maybe. Maybe switch yeah. over to Thursday nights occasionally. Um, thanks for everyone for showing up early and getting the chat going. So uh, what made you pick that Kilbegan? Um, Mr. Daniel Bauer. Um, Brower? Brower. Brower. I will learn how to speak one day. Um, <laughs> recommended it to me. I asked him, um, you know, what's a you know, decent uh, Irish besides mm. red breast that I can, uh, I can get behind. And he suggested Kilbegan. Um, and I'm almost liking it. Almost liking it. Almost liking it. It, it was. It's just because I'm comparing it to Red Breast and the cast. Well, that's, a, that's a that's a tough comparison to make. I know, but it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like my point of reference is so high already that everything below it always does that never meets the expectations that I have set for a specific like. Um, right, you can't go backwards once you once you've had some of the best. Then it's hard to go backwards. Yeah. So I mean, once you it, taste it, the caviar, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Well, actually, it was weird because um, one of the Canadian uh, guys, uh, Daniel Hayes, mm. the only Ardbecks he's ever had have been the 20-something, <laughs> um, the Dark Cove, uh, Alligator, and, <laughs> Ari, and Ari Veritas. He's Tell him a place to start. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> his first one was uh, was the 20-something. So it's like he's started up here, and now he's got to like kind of make his way back back up it's uh it's interesting but yeah. it's a sending spiral of disappointment yeah to go from the best to the worst 
Well, I mean, with Ardbeg, I mean, there really isn't the worst, is there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, barrel is pretty tasty, man. And I would actually, I would almost call it kind of a poor man's red breast. I don't mean to say that it's quite the same or anything like that, but it is pretty tasty. Like, has yeah. a nice, rich kind of fruitiness to it and stuff like that. So, uh, along the lines of red breast. So, but shit, this was just over 30 bucks, I think. And, uh, a certain a certain Irish gentleman we all know recommended it to me today, so I would pick some up. Although I was a total snob in the line by accident when I was leaving the store, <laughs> the guy was like, "Oh, I tried to ask me to the special booth, lay it all out." <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to be absolved of my sins. Father Vito has you. <laughs> You're forgiven, Vito. apparently. Excellent. The checkout guy, uh, he was trying to sell me on cast mates, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've had that before, man, but you know, this guy that I know that lives in Ireland, he recommended this one to me, which sounds like a total jerk, right? Well, <laughs> you should have like, name-dropped him. You should have just been like Terry, like, you know, Terry Dolan, Dolan you might recommended this to me. He's like, who's yeah. Terry Dolan? What, you don't know Terry Dolan? <laughs> He's the Irish guy. Um, no, I was walking out of the store like, oh my god, I sounded like such a dick. <laughs> it's one of the weird realizations that uh, you have to kind of just accept and then move so on. And don't that way, it's just like trying to make small talk and I failed. <laughs> <laughs> Be better at it. Yeah, yeah, I need to. I need to. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, two and then the Brad's yes, Vito. Are you able to discuss what's in your glass right now? Or are you busy? Uh, I'm just drinking some Asyla. I can't show myself apparently because my camera is drunk. I'm not really <laughs> sure. It it decides to go to an infinity mirror instead of showing my actual webcam, which is an Have interesting. Have you been feeding it Canadian mist? <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, you're not. To drink the whiskey, not give it to your camera, Brad. I I what can you do? I mean, it was okay. smoking yesterday when I turned it off, so. It's probably not a great sign for my computer, but this Asyla is really helping my mood regardless because yeah, it is that, tasty. That'll happen. That's uh, great. Um, I have um, a request um, for the people watching. Um, like and comment. Um, we want to try to make this as inclusive as possible, and uh, we want to hear your feedback. Absolutely. Um, we're trying to mold. We're we're learning as as we go. Uh, we really want to make this a try to make this um, a community thing. Um, we have a lot of plans in place, but we want to kind of see, gauge where we're going to take it, and we want to use you guys as, um, you know, as a what, what would be the right word? Brain trust. Brain trust. Sure. Yeah. Right. So. Um, whether it's, uh, whether you guys uh, message us separately or in the comments uh, under the video, um, any feedback is really appreciated. Yeah. Or like suggestions of uh, topics or things to do, things to try, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're trying to figure out what works best, and and uh, yeah, like Vito said, make it interactive uh, was kind of the goal as much as possible. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think we're gonna get started with uh, heavy hitters, but a quick um rundown um we're gonna start doing this in the uh, near the beginning of the episode to give you guys you know something to um, you know look forward to engage some questions and formulate some stuff in your head um we have uh brucladic beatdown tonight um we each three of us have each an expression from brucladic distilleries um that we're gonna talk about and try to compare um there's a 
bloody beat down. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a um of thrown in wrench because I like to, uh, as you guys will learn for the people that haven't met me personally, um, I like to be that just weird addition in this in the corner. Just uh, try this thing out. And <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's some gonna always gonna be some sort of weirdness happening. Uh, but yeah, there's that coming up. As well as um, we're gonna do a fire round of a, of ten um, innovations within the whiskey world um, over the past couple hundred years, um, and we're going to discuss them. If Brad can figure out his camera, we're gonna have pictures for you guys, so you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Not holding my breath at this point. For, yeah, for- we're gonna we're gonna try. If 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 all fails, we're we're gonna link um, everything we talk about in the description below. Um, so if you guys want to jump in afterwards and take a look at exactly what we're talking about, um, if we don't do a good enough job explaining it, because we probably won't, let's be real. Um, as professional as we are, we're only human. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we're going to close up the show with some fiddly bits. Um, so yeah. Uh, J- Josh. Yes, sir. We discussed this a couple days ago. We did. And I'm... I'm a little upset about it, but you you weren't as upset about it. You you have a bit more of a level level headed mind when it comes to stuff like this. I'm trying to see both sides. Trying to see both sides. You know, be fair. To yeah. But uh, it's about Diageo uh, trying to change the way that Scotch whiskey is produced and marketed. Of course, uh, you know everybody knows Diageo probably, but just in case somebody doesn't, uh, they, they own roughly a quarter of all the Scotch distilleries along with many other brands internationally. Right. So they own, uh, all kinds of distilleries and, and brands you're familiar with. Um, I think it's an English company, right? They're out of, they're out of London or something like that, I believe. So, yeah. Um, so they're trying to, uh, you know, Scotch whiskey is kind of a protected brand. It's one of those things. If it says Scotch whiskey on the label, it has to mean a certain thing. It has to meet certain criteria. Um, of course has to come from Scotland, but there's a lot of other things that go into that. Um, and they're trying to create some other categories, but still put the words Scotch whiskey on the label, like Scotch whiskey infusions, which are lower alcohol, maybe made with some actual Scotch whiskey, but they've had their flavors added. Fireball. Right, like a fireball. Right? It's, see, I, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, details in there, but uh, I, I'm, I'm imagining, um, you know, sort of those cocktails in a can that yeah. you can find with like bourbon and rye and stuff like that, um, but doing it with scotch. And uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association wasn't um, wasn't too keen on that. Yeah, um, the article uh, had a. It, it, and we'll link to the script, the the article in the description. But yeah, the article had a good uh, a good balance of both sides. They they did a fairly good job of presenting where Diageo is trying to go and trying to influence, but also presenting um, the Scotch Association's strict like you know strict policies of this is what's worked so far. This is how we got here. There shouldn't be so much deviation, right? Especially, right. With, and that's that's all that like. The whole low alcohol and flavored beverages sort of thing. It's, it's when you think scotch, you don't think that, right? Like, and that, and not to be snobby about it, but it's, it, I, I feel like it doesn't really belong under the same branch or umbrella, I should say, uh, of, um, of what's out there right now. Yeah, you know, 
devil's advocate first and then I, I i'm you know i'm not a fan of this anyway but if i'm gonna see a side of this uh there are beverages in the u.s that are labeled with you know say straight bourbon um use some of that protected legal language right but they also if they put um extra terms on there to describe that this is a flavor infused uh, bourbon whiskey or something like that. That that's a way of getting around those regulations and not having it be a truly pure bourbon or, or some other category of American whiskey. So they're kind of trying to do a similar thing over there with scotch. Right. Um, there's a EU cast classifications of, um, of beverages like spirit drink, which I thought was kind of a funny, <laughs> was kind of a funny term. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of funny terms, uh, 79 mini just said, uh, they can make all that product and just call it Scott ish whiskey. <laughs> Scott ish. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I think we, so he needs to get hired by Diageo's marketing team, I think. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, the, the real issue that they have is is using the term Scotch whiskey, which has a lot of history, tradition, authenticity, uh, a lot of things wrapped up in labeling something Scotch whiskey, right? Yeah. Uh, so the argument is, if you start putting Scotch whiskey, et cetera, spirit drink or or Scotch whiskey infused beverage, then does that sort of dilute the uh, the uh, image they're trying to protect? Yeah, the uh, brand the brand is Scotch, right? And anything that kind of deviates from it excessively, such as that, I feel doesn't belong under that category. Right. If you want to produce it, absolutely go ahead and do it. But it shouldn't. It should. I believe it shouldn't uh, be categorized as as Scotch. If you want to produce it, produce you know, get barrels, produce it out of Scotland. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure there's there's you know the laws for, you know pretty much say you can't call it, call it that. Yeah, or or come up with a different name, yeah. uh, something like that. No, I, I completely agree. But, uh, but even even then, then you run then you run into issues with um, with production and like again, and, this, and the article doesn't go too deep into it. This is all just um, um, ideas proposed by Diageo to the association. Um, but uh, you know, like we're already having, you know, we're already seeing issues with age statements and some distilleries not being able to keep up with the age statements. How right, is right. this, how is this going to affect that? Right. Or uh, there's the, uh, like Cardu had the pure malt. Yeah. So yeah back, instead back, back, of being able to say, you know, we all know single malt means one distillery made of 100% malted barley. Right. Yeah. So they true. tried to use the term pure malt for what was actually a blended malt, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think it was a blended malt. Um, it was a way of, of being a little bit disingenuous and deceptive on the label. So, you know, if you weren't really highly educated on what the label definitions mean, you, you might think you were buying one thing, but you were actually buying another. Uh, so they, they got in trouble for doing that. Uh, the other thing was, uh, that I thought was kind of weird. Uh, Diageo in particular wanted to do some uh, tequila barrel finishes. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, the article the article mentioned that. And I thought that was that was interesting, but again, it, it's it's so it's so weird to think about. And it, not to say that you know growth and um, evolution within within Scotch isn't a bad thing, but. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. It's definitely weird. I think yeah. part of the concern with that particular case was that Diageo owns Don Julio, 
tequila. Oh, I didn't know they, that. Yeah, and they were wanting to put specifically the name Don Julio tequila on the scotch instead of it just saying tequila finished scotch, like you would say port finished or sherry finished or whatever. That's uh, mystique, right? That's it mystique. was trying to be specific, and there's some kind of regulation with the Scotch Whiskey Association that uh, that kind of prohibits them from putting two different distilleries on the same label so that it's very clear what it is and where it came from. Um, I, you know, I, I could be totally in support of them saying this is tequila finished. And then on the back label, it says it came from Don Julio. I don't really see a problem with that, but. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where everyone's going to have their own kind of view on it. Adam said yeah. that, uh, Adam and a couple of the people, um, uh, where is it? Adam and the, the <laughs> rocket and, and Ed Ed. Said, um, you know, the, the kilo barrel maturation or finishing would be, would be something they can get by. And it's just, it's one of those just in, weird things because with wine, you, you understand it because they've been doing it in wine barrels, um, for so long and ex bourbon barrels. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't generally say this is finished in wine from this particular vineyard in Spain or whatever, right? Like yeah. it yeah. just says sherry finish, maybe, you know, PX sherry or yeah, something. Yeah, definitely like a lot more vague. Right. Oh, yeah, Brad's still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm just yeah. invisible. Oh. The, the host in the sky. Unless, <laughs> unless I like do this and I just take over. But uh, see, I could do this. Hey, I could appear as a as the whole screen, but I can't hey. share the screen with you guys for some reason because my webcam refuses to share with the camera software that I'm using to broadcast. I, I just want to say, like, I I can't see Brad, but I could feel his presence. I knew he was there. I'm always here, <laughs> the whole time. He's always watching. It's true. Always there. Omnipresent. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's all I really want to talk about that because yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's, we're all for clarity and labeling and, and, uh, making sure you know what it is you're buying when you, when you pick something up. So that's kind of, that's kind of the bottom line for that for me, I think. Um, let's start with, um, these whiskey innovations, because this is something that's really interesting. And we were, when we were talking about this the other night, yeah. Um, so just like, you know, going through the rundown, uh, super cool, but super we, nerdy. We pre-plan most of this, um, as professionally as we can. Uh, and yeah, that's just a little peek behind the curtain. We actually do discuss this. It's not all off the cuff. I know that <laughs> it may seem like it because of how professional we are. Dozens of minutes go into planning. I, I definitely didn't read the planning doc, so this is all new to me. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, the first the first uh, innovation on the list was uh, 1785. Yep. Yeah. That's not not that's not the topic. That's the year 1785. Right, right. But it goes back as far as that in terms of uh, you know innovations in the whiskey world that still are around today. Yeah, made made major major stuff, right? And uh, the first one, and a couple of people um, are going to be happy about this. The first major innovation um, was the single pot still whiskey. Those crazy bastards over in Ireland. 
um, didn't uh, didn't particularly like the malt tax that was enforced on them, and that was essentially uh, put in place to um, you know to put more money into the government, right? That's what yeah, all, uh, for British to retain control of of their uh, colonies and such. Exactly right. So um, and what that what it did was, as it says, malt tax. It put a heavy tax on malted barley. Mm-hmm. So what the Irish did, because they loved the drink, um, as we all know from Hollywood, uh, they started mixing as low a percentage of barley as possible and uh, uh, combined it with tax-free grains, so cereals, um, uh, unmalted barley. Unmalted unmar- barley, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. and that's, uh, that's essentially uh, how all Irish whiskey is made now. For the most part, I'm, I'm almost positive, right? Yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely some variation and different stuff going on today. Um, there's all there, there's an Irish whiskey boom, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, often, though, uh, Irish whiskeys will have a certain percentage of unmalted barley. Right? I think you need you need some malted barley to have the proper enzymes to get the fermentation to go well and all that, but but. Um, a certain percentage of unmalted barley is common. Now, of course, you can. I think your Kilbegan there might be just grain whiskey, not malt whiskey. I'm almost. It doesn't say on the label, which kind of upsets me. But it does say it's Ireland's oldest licensed distillery. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's that's an interesting little like. It's not the oldest. It's the oldest licensed. Seventeen fifty seven. Wow, was when they were established. So prior to the pot still whiskey. So they must have been producing whiskey prior. I didn't do any any research into this because I'm professional. Sure. But uh, sure. Um, yeah, they must have. They they switched over when the malt tax uh, kicked in. So yeah, that's that's right. uh, that's cool. Uh, then the next one is the the Lincoln County process. I'll let you take care of this because you're American. And- <laughs> I should be the expert, right? Because should I'm be. American. You should be. Uh, yeah, uh, it was the uh, filtering process through uh, charcoal, like what uh, the, the famous example being uh, Jack Daniels, right? That does yeah. the charcoal filtering and mellowing sure. uh, through uh, maple. And um, yeah, it just makes for a, for a cleaner, smoother, more mellow whiskey. <clears throat> and um, I guess they, uh, that's, that's characteristic of Tennessee whiskey in particular, right? Yeah. Uh, even though there are some Tennessee whiskeys that don't that don't do that and don't meet that requirement. Now, do, like do you want to do you want to start a fight? Do you want to start a fight? <laughs> no, t- no, I t- don't. All whiskey is good whiskey. T- Tennessee whiskey, bourbon or not bourbon? Bourbon. Yes. Uh, I plead the fifth. That's another American thing you guys don't know about. Damn Americans! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the. Uh, that's the uh, the next innovation on the list, and then it goes on to the uh, the coffee still, the which is still. different than a different than a pot still. Yeah, different than a pot still, and not a coffee like your, the the drink you drink in the morning. Right. C O F F E Y. Right. You don't which know by the, morning uh, drinking habits, Vito. What's that? You don't know by morning drinking habits. <laughs> I, think, I think I have a good idea of it uh, by now. <laughs> Brad just drinks new make fresh from the still every morning. That's right. Up. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He has a little um, straw beside his bed. He just wakes up, takes a takes a take a sip, and then he that's how he gets up in the morning. Sounds about right. 
But yeah, the the coffee still. Uh, 1830 is when um, it's credited as being um, uh, used for the first time. Um, essentially, it was it was created because um, uh, pot still distillation is apparently inherently inefficient and labor intensive, right? So yeah. this new design continuously produces alcohol at a higher strength and lower cost, right? right. So as because it's got two columns. It can, can it can distill and you can keep refilling it for uninterrupted uh, distillation. Exactly. Um, crucial for blending Irish whiskeys and I didn't know this until we talked about it. All bourbon production is made with a very uh, either the coffee still or a closed variant of it, right? Uh, yeah, n- nearly all. Uh, like if you're going to generalize painting with a broad brush, then right. yeah, pretty pretty much all. There's definitely. Uh, like, like yeah, there's craft distilleries that only use pot stills, but they still make a bourbon. Like, yeah, that's um, but but generally speaking, it's it's a column still or coffee still process. Uh, you, you know, the difference uh, aside from the continuous production and efficiency and stuff that you can get, it's it's a it's a, a lighter kind of cleaner spirit because you don't have the reflux that happens on a pot still, right? Right. right. So you don't have. Um, you can make a lot more spirit a lot more quickly that has a, a more clean, crisp layer, but you don't have as much um, complexity and richness and such usually as you do with a pot still. I mean, just again, broadly, generally speaking. Sure. Josh, you're so smart. Did I ever tell you? That? <laughs> so smart. You're so smart. Thanks. Thanks, Vito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think you're. I think your large bourbon producers probably pretty much all use a, a column still like that, but but there's definitely uh, a ton of guys that that don't and still make bourbon anyway. So yeah, all right. Uh, our mash, our mash. Eighteen thirty-five was when uh, apparently it was um, brought into existence. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is a so it's kind of a runoff from the distillation process that they collect and put back into the new uh, batch before it gets distilled. What would that, uh, what would that help? With? Well, like why would, why would they do that? I, I like when I, when I think about Jack Daniels, I, I, and I heard about this for the first time before I got into whiskey, I was like, I don't understand. Why would they do that? Like, that just seems weird. Yeah. I, I only know, I only understand it kind of in really general terms. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the specifics on that yet, but, um, um, it's you get this sour, funky runoff from the distillation process that contains, uh, you know, leftover yeast, right? Which and and nutrients and things like that that you can put back into your new batch to feed um, that and keep, keep like kind of a consistent flavor profile and promote better fermentation and and stuff like that. So you're you're not wasting this runoff, and it's actually good for keeping. Uh, the next batch of whiskey being uh, consistent with what everything you made before. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's kind of a weird term because a lot of people think that it's uh, it's the um, like there's a sour fermentation. You know, exactly. what I mean, I, that's what I used to think when I when I would see Jack Daniels and see sour mash. I was I was very I was like, but I don't understand. Right. Yeah, it's it's right. a yeah, weird it's, not, it's, it's not a weird term. That. It seems like it would be, that. but but that's not quite what it means. I think Brad is still still with us, right, Brad? Oh, I'm always with you, Vito. 
Oh. That's a little creepy. Uh, sure, right, here, <laughs> right here in my heart. Oh, um, really quickly, um, I am getting the pleasure of visiting Brad this week. Nice. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. We, we'll post the, a couple of The pictures. HR team told me that I wasn't allowed to fire people over the internet, so you got you to gotta come here <laughs> so we can do your exit interview. You have to do it in person. He's going to sit you down in a conference room and be like, Vito. We need to talk about your performance lately. Oh, boy. Is it, my, is it to do with my mic? I feel like... <laughs> that, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun getting you down uh, here. That's a good analogy to draw is uh, making uh, vinegar with a mother, right? So they'll... Right? Oh, yeah. You know or like I mean? sourdough where you have like the mother dough that you right, like a starter, keep using yeah, yeah. the starter from. Yeah. Right, so you can recycle that same, you know, batch of, of yeast and bacteria and stuff, and and make a, a, a new vinegar that's similar or sim- or exactly the same as the old vinegar. It's analogous to that. Yeah. Rather than sort of starting from scratch every single time. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun getting you over here, Vito. We're we're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna bring over a couple of bottles. We're gonna Excellent. we're gonna have some puni. Yes. And I have and I have a bourbon. Surprise for you! Ooh, Ooh a bourbon fun. surprise from Canada. Yeah, I no, it was. It was <laughs> <the last laughs> yeah. Oh, you picked it up and brought it back. You didn't yeah, buy I it, there. it back, and I didn't get stopped at the border this time. Oh, that's good. Nice. Good job. Good work. The law. I, I stayed within the laws. I did my Canadian diligence and stayed within what I'm allowed to work with. No, not Canadian bourbon. Bourbon that was made its way into Canada. Yeah, I, I, smuggled, <laughs> it. I smuggled it in legally, but it, 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 I, I, it was in the prison pocket. Oh God, no! <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, so how about those innovations, how, huh? How about those whiskeys? Hey, yeah. Uh, blending is next. Blending was the next major innovation that occurred in the modern era, uh, 1860. Um, someone by the name of Andrew Usher Jr. is uh, credited with being the father of blending. Now, why would you blend? Um, you know, I think you uh, there's probably a couple of goals in blending. You can um, get a greater volume of whiskey at a lower cost, and you can also make a more friendly, uh, approachable flavor profile for um for uh, say non-experienced whiskey drinkers, and you could and get a lot why, more consistency if you're mixing between casks instead of yep. you know if a cask goes funky or whatever. You know you can always blend it until it's normal. Because prior to um, well, way after 1860, um, Scotch uh, barrels were wildly inconsistent because there wasn't right. a specific source that they were all being, they were they were all coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so the blending really helped introduce it to a wider audience by keeping it a little bit more friendly versus the volatility probably at the time between batch to batch. And it's worth pointing out, like, what does blending mean, right? Like, because unless we're talking about a single cask, single barrel release, uh, every whiskey is blended. It's just whether it's in one distillery or whether it's uh, a blend of multiple distilleries, right? And this is an interesting thing, and I, I guess I didn't pay. A, pay enough attention when um during the modern rogue x whiskey vault uh episode happened but there's blended malt which we know yep blended grain blended grain which we know but there's also blended scotch which 
I'm not too sure if they discussed, but I, I didn't know about blended scotch. Mm-hmm. And, and through research and discussion with Josh, uh, blended scotch, if for people that don't know or may have forgotten, it's uh, made using single malt that's been, that's been pot stilled and grain whiskeys that have been column stilled. Um, or, or not necessarily, uh, not necessarily the distillation itself, but gr- whether it's grain or malt. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can have like single malts, two single malts from uh, two different distilleries and have a, a blended malt. And then you have two different single grain from two different sing- single distilleries and that's a blended grain. And if you have a, a grain, a mix of grain and malt, then you have a blended scotch, which is as, as long as they're from Scotland. Well, it all has to be from Scotland if it's a blended scotch. Well, yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Um, uh, generally, blended scotch is the cheapest uh, available out there, but of course, you've got your outliers like like Compass Box and stuff. Yeah, definitely far from the cheapest. Yeah, so. yes. but for the mo- for the most part, the blended <laughs> scotches include Dewar's, Johnny Walker, Buchanan's, Grants, and uh, Shivas. So that's right. That 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 was that that was a very interesting uh, little bit of information that I didn't know about um, specifically the blend scotch. It's it's right in front of my eyes too with Dewars and Jack uh, Johnny Walker, but it was just didn't didn't click. Yeah, didn't yeah. Play. It's it's uh it's an interesting. And uh, Jason here in the chat was saying a Compass Box has a good explanation of it on their website. They would, wouldn't they? Yeah, of Compass Box they, explains everything. <laughs> they go into they all the details. Together. They're, pro- they're professionals. They're true professionals. They, they actually really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, then after the, the blending is a uh, bottled bourbon. Because of bottled course, bourbon. Of course, the history of bourbon is back in the day. You would, you know, you'd go to your uh, local pharmacist or whatever and, and buy bourbon. Either you could buy it by the barrel or, you know, in, in jugs and things like that, I'm sure. But uh, they're, the whole uh, bottled and bond thing kind of came about because people were p- producing all kinds of shady, nasty stuff and, and labeling it and selling it as bourbon. And, and uh, folks wanted to know, you know, what they were getting was authentic and what, uh, what it was labeled as was accurate. So, you know, the whole bottled and bond thing is part of that, but also putting bourbon into bottles as opposed to having it just be, you know, generic containers. Um, Old Forester was the first, uh, accredited with being the first to put commercially filled sealed bottles, like with a tax stamp. Yeah, and you were, you were telling right. me like that's why most bottles nowadays, have, well, m- some I say most yeah. bottles have that little stamp. And I was curious about that. I was like, look, I don't understand because a-, a lot of other places don't have that. That's right. just that's just a nice little nod to the tradition of you know the bottle of bourbon. Right. These days, it's like part of the image, but that's yeah. like the source. It becomes of it becomes anonymous. This has been sealed by, you know, maybe it's like signed by the head distiller or what have you and sealed with a government tax stamp. And, okay, you can be re- reasonably assured that this is an authentic product because it's been verified. Yeah. Um, oh. So, yeah, Old Forester, kind of cool credit. And they have their their Whiskey Row series right now that kind of goes back to that time period and and a little further down the line, like the prohibition batch that goes all the way back to the, the original batch, I think is what they call the first one in that. Um, and a new one coming out, uh, old fine whiskey. So kind of harkens back to that time. Um, and I'm so excited because I get to bring up something that I've brought up in every episode so far. 
Oh God! With this next innovation, oh, I'm so excited, and everyone should be too. Oh boy! <laughs> Drum malting. Yes. The machine that took over the hand turning of the malt in the warehouses. Right. Occurred in 1897. Now, hold on a second. For the people watching. <laughs> for the people watching, if you didn't know. Here it comes. One of one of my one of my guilty pleasures, monkey shoulder. <laughs> oh boy, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Got its name because the condition that would would occur with a lot of malt um, shovelers would be because they're shoveling either with the dominant right or left side. Right. One shoulder would become so big that it would that it that it would droop down like a gorilla, and it would be called like the monkey shoulder. Right. So the solution that was this, that was uh, innovated to you know ease the labor intensity of turning malt was mm -hmm. drum malt, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of the romantic image that we have of Scotch whiskey distilleries. That still gets done to a certain extent today, right? By by certain distilleries, is Somebody. there's a guy in a room that's a, above the peat fires and he's turning it with a rake by hand like every day for a week to make a batch of of malted barley. Um, and the reality is that the majority of that doesn't actually receive, receive that treatment today. It's, it's like a giant industrial size. Yeah. Like, it just, it tumble, just, or like a clothes dryer, but enormous. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just gets the germination going of everything a lot, way more efficiently, obviously. Right. Um, right. speeds right. up production, um, gets the whiskey into our Glencairns or whatever method of carriage that you prefer. Um, but yeah, um, huge, huge, um, for the production, the quick production of whiskey, um, in, uh, everywhere, right. Every, like, I'm pretty sure they're, they're used just about everywhere now. Yeah. Well, a lot of, even like, uh, even a lot of American distilleries, I mean, of course you can grow barley from a bunch of different places, but there's a lot of American distilleries that make malt whiskey that import, uh, you know, malt from, from Europe from Scotland and elsewhere. Um, although there, there are Texas ones. There's like, there's a place called Blacklands Malt. Um, but I, I do have one question yeah. about that segment is when did you get on the payroll for monkey shoulder? That's when I'm working towards it, man. <laughs> they'll hear about, they'll hear about a professionalism and my consistent love for monkey shoulder. <laughs> Blended. At, at least you're ready, you know, for a new career since you're about to be fired from this show. So you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good you're to know that you'll it. land on your feet, that we don't have to worry about you. That's that's nice. Oh, uh, Adam, uh, Adam, I didn't hear. I've never heard this quote from Ralphie before. He said it's the only whiskey named for a repetitive strain injury. Mm. <laughs> that's probably true. Uh, uh, so yeah. So what's next? Uh, single malt. Single malt. Now, this was interesting. We both kind of turned our heads a little bit like single malt. Nineteen yeah, surely existed before 1963, right? Like we were both taken aback. We're like, wait a minute, what? Right. But more, more in terms of marketing something as single malt as being a desirable higher end category that that should uh, be more desirable than than say a blended malt. Yeah. Sure. So prior to, for the most part, blended scotch has dominated the early 1900s to about mid 1900s, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, the Grant 
brothers, right? If I'm, uh, if I'm yes, yes, I think they, so. They got on the whole marketing, the single malt aspect, as right. um, as being sort of the sophisticated, um, higher end, uh, cosmopolitan whiskey, and and that that blends were more pedestrian, which yeah. is the way we kind of think of it today, with some exception, right? Yeah, in uh, a non snobbish way right yeah but the the general like the 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 general impression that people have is that single malts are higher end and that blends in general are lower end you know i have a a friend that that is always adamant that single malts are the superior malt but you know he you i don't think he'll ever admit that some blends are spectacular get him some compass box man sort them right out it's it's all subjective there's yep. nothing wrong with it, right? It's all subjective. If you like, if you prefer the single malt, then over the blends, no problem. Go oh, for sure. It. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it, there's a lot tied up in with like a romantic image of something being handcrafted by a small team of artisans in one place that has a particular terroir. You know, that's you can play off that with single malts as opposed to blended. Well, hey, we just took a bunch of stuff and mixed it together until we found something that tasted good. Yeah. Um, it, it conveys like an authenticity or something. And, and you know, that, that marketing can play a lot of tricks on the brain. That it can. Yep. Uh, so Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich was the Glenfiddich first, is right? the first to really pursue that as a marketing strategy. Um, so, uh, and then cask finishing, I was surprised by this one too. We yeah, take it so commonplace today. It was only really as recently as the 1980s. Yeah. That it, was I would have thought. No, oh, go ahead. No, I would have, like, it was Kayleen on you. We were both trying to say the same thing. Like, like it didn't, it would, I would have thought that it would have occurred way earlier than 1980. Right. Right. Uh, so all the port and rum and sherry and all these all these finishes that we're accustomed to uh, having in almost every distillery's range. Right. Uh, yeah. They're 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 everywhere now and, you know, sought after as limited runs and things like that. Um, it was originally not uh, well received by the whiskey nerds at the time. I guess I guess I fall into that category of tequila barrel finishing comes to pass right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Damn, man you know what i'm in, i'm intrigued at it but man don't call it scotch like, <laughs> ah, like i don't <laughs> yeah yeah well uh we'll have to see what Di- diageo comes up with on that one yep okay. um but yeah, that's uh, of course now we totally accept that as being a, even a des- extra desirable sometimes you know in certain cases right oh sure yeah, yeah. Sure. brad's uh, still here Hey Brad. I'm hey Brad. Here. Hi. Man, I miss your face. <laughs> That's a lie. Hi. There's my face. I'm <laughs> still is. here. So yeah, uh, so uh, that's that was number nine. Yes. The final modern whiskey innovation that has occurred was this right here. That beauty. The Glencairn glass. Came out in 2001. Michael Jackson, not the singer. <laughs> right. The, the, the other one. Author. Yeah, the famous uh, spirits enthusiast uh, author. Yeah. He said, a glass that holds the bouquet helps you understand what is so special about malts. 
So true. We all uh, can appreciate the difference that glassware can make, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 It, it was at the time it was ba- the inception of it was based on a copita, which we talked about in our previous um, in our previous episode. Yeah. Um, with the input from five master blenders uh, to achieve the the weight at the bottom, the final shape, right? How much? How much? Um, the bulb would would hold at the at the right. <laughs> do do do. <laughs> okay. Our timer, and we're professional. We're totally professional. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if that I would use that word. transition. But, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Yeah, I glass. I, one thing I found was kind of interesting is they designed this base to be uh, heavy and easy enough to grip, but also to like withstand years of use in a bar. Yeah. As opposed to being fragile. They um, uh, unfortunately they didn't consult Brad when they made this because his giant hands, huge meat paws, just can't handle. Look here, I'll even, I'll pull myself up here. Look at like, it's a tiny little glass, (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay. They, they do make whiskey delicious. This is something that, that I didn't come across in, in the, in the, in the amazingly intensive, minutes of research i did on this the glass was designed in the mid 80s yeah and then produced in the 2000s yeah i'm sure there was a lot of design and consultation and stuff that went yeah. into that like sniper, uh, sniper sniper mike sniper mac one with the info drop thank you sir solid solid, solid, solid. um yeah and there's 20 million of them out there they estimated uh so yeah it's obviously like the ubiquitous um yeah. Whiskey glass, right? It's the one thing that you can count on and having having everywhere. You, you um, know, it's a decent whiskey place if they at least have Glencairns. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's number ten. That was it. That's all of them, guys. We did it. We did it. We, we did it. it Success. Yeah, uh, I thought it was all pretty interesting. Yeah, like yeah, we it's lots of good stuff. It, it was. Um, I learned a whole bunch, and I I even said this when when we were talking about it. Um, I'm always learning something new concerning that's, whiskey. That's one of the things about whiskey. There's always something new to learn, always something new to experience and taste and try. There's always always new things out there. You could spend a whole lifetime trying to learn all all you can about whiskey and still have more. Uh, so that's one of the cool things about the hobby, right? Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> so, is it time? Is, is I think it time? It, I think it's time. It's time for the beatdown. The Brooklotted beatdown. The beatdown. Um, uh, yeah. So, I'm. I think I'm gonna go last on this. Uh, on this one. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna be throwing the wrench in the engine. Sure. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right, Josh. What so, are you drinking? I have the. Port Charlotte, Isla Barley, heavily peated single malt. And Brad, Uh, the image of the the bottle, maybe? I don't know. No, maybe not. Technical difficulties? I mean, I could Um, if I had one handy, but I don't. don't. Um, It's 100 proof uh, made with 100% Isla grown barley. Um, So I got some in my glass right here. 
And um, yeah, it's definitely not my first time having this, or I've had a couple of other variations, but the, the Isla Barley has been, you know, just by a little bit, it's been my favorite, I think, of the, of the Port Charlottes. Uh, what do you have there, Brad? Even though the people can't see it. Oh, they'll be able to oh, see yeah. it because oh, I've, there we go. I've got the classic Laddie. In a little oh, cute, a little adorable bottle. bottle because it came in like a pack of three with a, a bunch of different stuff. So right. it's, it's it's a actually really strange unpeated whiskey because a lot of people that you talk to will swear that it's peated, no matter what right. you tell them. But it's definitely not. It does it does right. taste weirdly smoky somehow. I guess it's like the barrel spice combined with the sweetness and it's doing weird things. Like I can see why people say that but it's it's definitely not but it makes it weird and interesting because i really like smoky stuff and technically this isn't peated but i still get a lot of the same vibe from it which is nice and of course i mean griclati with the bottle designs super cool yeah the, the bottle designs are are great they're all like weird interesting colors or different shapes or the things so and it's uh this one is what, 50% ABV, I think? Yeah, 50%. So, I mean, it's got mm. nice kick to it. It's good good stuff. The only uh, the only thing about that bottle, though, is that you can't tell how much you have left. That is oh, true. Well, I, I saw this somewhere. I don't remember where. But someone took a small little... Um, 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 screwdriver... Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out eventually. And they actually scratched out a line down the center. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they etched out they etched out the, the paint that uh, that's on the bottle. Okay, so you get a little viewing window. Ex like. Exactly. That's, right? that's, that's an interesting, really interesting idea. Yeah. Yep. So for yeah, yeah there you go. Mike Mike Lissack just said the same thing, scratched on the side of the bottle. Yeah. 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 Or you just keep hey. drinking until it's empty. It's fine. And then you're just like, <laughs> oh, I tried to pour a glass and there's nothing left. Is that why your camera's not working today, Brad? I don't know what you're talking about. I plead the fifth. That's yeah. I'm definitely doing that as a Canadian. It's not a thing for you. Shush. You can't plead the shush. <laughs> what what are you drinking uh, over there, Vito? What do I have? Mm -hmm. Well, it's well. not a whiskey. Oh no! This is a whiskey show. What are you doing? Why? I have the botanist. No, what? that's not even a whiskey. You're fired. It's the Josh show now. Here you go, Josh. It's all you. Hey. No, ne never mind. You're, you're back. It's fine. Dry gin expression. Yep. And a lot of um a lot of up um distilleries, um new distilleries, newer distilleries end up uh, occupying the first couple of years of distillation with um gins and clear spirits that they can produce quickly. Yeah, things uh, don't need aging. Exactly right. So um, I didn't do a lot of research into it, into into the in, uh, the creation of it, um, why they decided to do it and stuff like that. But I would assume it's around about the same sort of um, uh, thought process as other distilleries uh, reopening up. Um, they need something to occupy uh, the shelves in the meantime while they get their uh, expressions on the way. The whiskey expressions. Sure. Um, and this one here um, was made with majority of the botanicals. Um, 22 of the 31 botanicals used in this gin um, are Isla grown. 
Right. They claim hand-forged by their own botanist. Um, I I don't have any other... You know, I, I actually have a funny story about that. I, oh, yeah? I met, yeah, I, I met the uh, distillery manager from Bricklotty at an event, uh, Alan Logan, not too long ago. And at some point in the conversation talking to him, I, I said, yeah, and I have a bottle of the botanist. I mean, I'm not a big gin drinker, but that's definitely one of my favorites. I really like it a lot. He said, oh, yeah, describe the the hand foraging and how they have these Isla botanists that find all of these botanical plants that go into it. And he said that uh, everybody that's on the distillery staff, when it's like the season to collect stuff for making a batch of the botanist, everybody has to go out and help with like foraging the plants and everything. And I tried to make a joke. I was like, Oh, so uh, when it's time to go, uh, you know, put on the gloves and snip plants outside on Isla, you just managed to <clears throat> be a little bit sick that day. And he's like, no, I go and help because I'm not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. oh, I, I was just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it, it was just when I saw when I saw the website claiming hand forged, and so like that, I was like, okay, you know, okay. But if if the guy, it's literally said like everyone goes out and picks out all the. Um, all the herb, like the herbs and the flowers and everything. That's yeah, you know, really cool that it's act, like it's actually hand done, right? And yeah, and Bricklotti, I think in general, like they always, they're all out of their marketing and just the way they believe, uh, the, you know, their their way of doing things is centered around the idea of terroir. So, how better to do that than to pick your, own, you know, the majority of your botanicals from the island in which the distillery exists, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, super, no, super that's super cool. cool. Um, and for everyone, and if everyone's Wondering, it's bottled at forty six percent, a perfect amount of uh, alcohol mm -hmm. um, for a gin, uh, in my opinion. They make it in some super old, like uh, steampunky kind of still, right? Yeah, I just I just found this out uh, prior to prior to you know us getting on this call. It's called the Ugly Betty, and I, yeah, I that's right. I, and I and I laughed immediately. I was like, "Come on!" And then then it's called a a Lomond still, L O M O N D still. Right. Um, if you look at it, or if you Google it, it looks like a clunkier and uglier pot still. It's it's really like steampunky looking. It's just right. really, and the Brooklady one is apparently one of the last in existence. Yeah, yeah. That was my understanding. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, really interesting. Yeah, ugly Betty. Yeah, that there's what it looks there like. It is. There it is. That's crazy looking. Yeah, there's there's maybe one or two other distilleries that use that, I think. Um, but that's pretty uncommon. Um, so yeah, how is the botanist? This is um, your first time ever trying it, right? I just opened it up. You can probably, for the people watching, you can still see like see where the level is right there. I poured. The first little bit, and it's not corkscrew. It is corked, synthetic uh, th synthetic cork, um, which is perfect because what I said as I opened up the bottle prior to recording, um, this bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It's going right. to, it's going to be my next Infinity bottle. That's um, a good call. And I feel like we should probably have uh, an Infinity discussion one day. Absolutely. Um, because we we did we did an Infinity bottle. Forever ago, a couple of months ago, maybe we should we'll open them up one day and, and discuss what went in them briefly, how it 
changed. I know, I, know you're not, I know you're not impressed with your light is delicious. I actually came up decent, right? Like it's okay. Yeah. But um back to the botanist. I don't and there's it's a bit of a of a running joke with a couple of people that I talked to that I don't remember my early twenties very well. <laughs> and gin is responsible for a large portion of that. And yes, gin. I was a big gin drinker, gin and tonic, gin and seven, gin just shots. Um, you know, you're in the twenties, you make some stupid mistakes. Right. Uh, I didn't do any of that at all. Me either. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I'm a crazy, I'm a crazy Canadian. What can I say? That is not true. I did not toss out my infinity bottle. Lies. It's down here in the cabinet. Lies and it's slander. Just, it's, it's just gross. Lies and slander all. coming out Gosh, of the I'll chat. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's the the botanist is just uh, like if you drink gin, you you have a you have you'll have an idea of what to expect, but it's it's so big and full, like it's all the t- it's all the typical typical botanicals that you'll find in let's say um, um, a Bombay a Bombay sapphire, right? Mm-hmm. I found it to be, if I remember correctly, not terribly juniper heavy. No, it's 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 more citrus and um, heavy on the on the flowers, like the um, the the heather and oh, what's that other one? What am I what am I smelling specifically? Yeah, it's been a while since I've tried some some uh, and. It, it, Some thistle, like if you if you if you've ever gone to uh, to Scotland and um, and thistle is a weed, right? For the most part, yeah. but um, spiky and like like one of those things that's got thorns all over it. And, yeah, but it's yeah. the national flower of Scotland. If no one knew right. the the thistle, because I can say and enunciate properly, the I give up. But yeah. Just, um, if you ever, if you've ever come across them, if you've ever walked or gone on hikes in the Highlands or whatnot, and come across um, the national flower, because I'm not going to say it again. Thistle. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm going <laughs> to pause, and you'll and you'll just input. Just interject. Thistle. We we got our we got our backs. Um, but yeah, if you ever if you've ever gone up to it and and actually like walked through or smelled it, um, it that. Um, but it's got like a interesting um medicinal and saltiness as well and i mm. that's because the majority of the of the botanicals were like i said harvested in in isla right yeah yeah that's that's something um you know lemons the, a lot of lemons actually i'm getting i'm getting now interesting like lemon citrus scent. yeah that's the uh the being grown on isla is what uh the guy the briclotti uh, manager that I spoke to, he credited the Isla barley with having a particular unique flavor because of the grains being grown, like in in the vicinity of the sea and in like oceanic salt air and soil and stuff like that. That's he he credited the because um, everything else is like distilled in the same way, it's aged in the same place, etc. Yeah. For them, and the the only difference, pretty much, is where the grains were grown. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try for the I'm gonna try it neat uh, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now. 
Wow. That's tasty, man. Oh, we got a cocktail recommendation here. Oh. Burnt martini from Bitter and Jaded. Two ounces dry gin, one ounce single malt. I am going to have uh, to try what, that. Okay, I can do that right now. Um, yeah. Which is there a specific malt that I should be using? I don't know. I mean, like, would you want something that's been peated or or want something oh, that's a, uh, two ounces of gin? I think that's I can. Oh, it's like a two to one ratio. Yeah. So let's. I'm gonna add a bit more just because I want to take another sip of this before before we move on to your um, your Port Charlotte. Yeah, I'd, I'd think you'd want something that's peated, uh, uh, probably. Yeah, uh, bitter, bitter and jaded. That's a uh, interesting tag or handle. Uh, <laughs> what what, uh, what single malt would you would you uh, uh, recommend? I'll do it right now. What else? Uh, what else do you have that's Brooklady? Octomore or Octomore? But uh, <laughs> there you go. Before. Yeah. You can't mess with the Octomore, man. It's way too balanced. <laughs> way too it would balanced. be. It would be. It would just yeah. dominate whatever you put it into. Okay, Adam, same Octomore too. Okay, let me take another sip of this just by itself because it's actually. It's you need actually like, really like nice. a tiny like, amount of Octomore. Now that now that you're saying, I want to try that too. That is really good. Orange, a lot of citrus. But warm, a bit of salt. That's really nice. That yeah, seems to be a common thread for Bricolati is a saltiness. Yeah, in Isla, right? Like everything. Yeah, is fair. There. Uh, I don't think bitter and jade is going to get back to me on the on the one ounce single malt, but I'm just going to go get the my Octomore. All right, uh, Josh, go ahead. Talk Do it about for the science. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, science experiment in progress. Um, so I would say that the Port Charlotte, it's almost like an Octomore that's turned down a couple of notches, if you will. Um, it's rich, lots of smoke, but also some sweetness, citrusy, and some kind of bright fruit like apple. Um, it's got this kind of uh, salty brine, but also you know a lot of smoke and kind of phenolic uh, contents. And um, yeah, and that cereal character, that, that malt character is in there as well. I don't know. I, I really love this. It reminds me a lot of uh, Octomore 7.1 in particular, but um, just turned down a few notches. It's got the really similar flavor profile uh, to that Octomore 7.1. Um, what about, the, you know, it's yeah. been a while since I've had the classic Laddie, Brad. Did we lose Brad? No, oh, I'm always he here. He You're not going to lose me. It's fine. It's fine. YouTube is just drunk. There. I got That's scared fine. there for a minute. But yeah, this this classic Lottie, it's just, it's so weird that it's not peated, but it's got that little right. bit of briny sort of saltiness that a lot of Brooklady stuff has. Right. A little bit of apples, little cereal notes in there, a little bit of like... I want to say honey, but it's like not. It maybe honeysuckle, like the, like the fruity thing that's like honey. Sure, sure. That yeah, honey like, but, but yeah, uh, like more, it's, it's more floral it, almost. It's yeah, it's honey esque, but, but it's right. not honey. Adam giving Adam giving his uh, uh, famous 
tasty notes. Oh, Adam is hops. Adam is amazing with tasting notes. I yeah, I'm not even gonna try to fight him on tasting notes. But yeah, this, <laughs> it it is really good, and it's hilarious to confuse people that don't know that it's not peated. Yeah. So that yeah. is always a good time, okay, and I would so always suggest the classic. Might be a bit too much for my blend, but I'm gonna stick with it just just because. Just because. Sure. I'm gonna. Gra- I, I have the botanist back here. I'm gonna try that with. Uh, I'll do something unpeated. I guess. Yeah. Do something. Un- yeah. Because he he said he's like uh, go uh, non Isla to give the gin a chance. Um, Down in my non whiskey cabinet. Yeah. The, the, the non whiskeys get put in a shameful cabinet down below. As they should. <laughs> They're. They should feel bad for not being whiskey. Brad, do you no, like no. That you know, you you drink the alcohol you like the way you like it. You know, Brad, same. do you like gin? I I don't really drink gin. I've okay. I've only had a couple randomly. I'm gonna bring the I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the bottle with me um uh, this weekend. What Sounds good to me. Well. What would pair well with this? Um, it's citrusy. Citrusy. Um, so I, I would think nothing. Nothing. Nothing finished. Nothing finished. Okay. Glenn Goyne. There you go. Might as well try. The 18? 12. Oh, the 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of just a clean malt. Like there's nothing crazy going on in there. <clears throat> Pretty straightforward. So I'd be interested in trying a double black. With uh, with this, just for that little bit of little bit of pee. I have double black. That's what I would. That's that's what I would probably. That's what I would lean to because I like peat and peat more. Yeah. Okay. I'll try double black. How about that? Okay. Because I'm your boss. Sure. Well, I know. I'm, and I'm about to get fired, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be trusted to be responsible for my own decisions. No. Okay. So. That's <laughs> Okay, so it was like a roughly two to one. I'm gonna mix a very little bit here because a lot. But the botanist. Some serious science going on today. Right? I feel like I need beakers and test tubes. I think I put too much. Or maybe I just put it just enough. Oh boy. That's 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 bacon right there. Actually, it's been a minute since I've had this by itself, so. Yeah, try it just by itself. Oh yeah, it's so nice. It really is. It's so surprising. I bought it because I saw it. I saw it on on sale at the at the local Toronto, Ottawa, uh, Toronto, Ottawa, Ontario um, Liquor Control Board. Ah. Um. And I just picked it up because I've been eyeing it for a while. And I was like, ah, you know, sure. I have a couple of dollars lying around. I'll buy the botanist and just give it a shot. Sure. I'm very happy about it. Yeah. No, I, I get uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like orange zest. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Very, very citrusy. Oh, uh, thanks, Steve. I, I also approve of my balcones corner of the cabinet. It's quite <laughs> beautiful. I have space waiting for the, the next two months of special releases. So. You might say that Josh is a fan. Maybe just a little bit. A fanboy. Okay, this has gone. Okay, so um, with Optimore, I usually get a lot of cooked, cooked pork. Mm-hmm. With the addition of the botanist, 
it it brings it down to wait cooked cork sorry mike my, my mic obviously cooked pork pork yes okay um this brings it down to when you just put a, a like a like a bit of bacon on the frying pan and just kind of get it going a little bit and it starts to you know sizzle for the first time and you get that like rush of cooked meat sure that's when what the I'm smell right. first kind of wafts up and hits the you first waft you get as soon as you put the put the bacon down and it starts to sizzle immediately that that's sounds pretty good now, which i which don't usually get with octomore by itself i usually get more more of a, a crispier cooked uh sort of pork deal oh whoa that's super interesting i could see that being straight up uh, like a cocktail you know just like a martini but you know different it almost it almost smells like for my italians that probably nothing in in the chat right now but um listening on the replay mm -hmm. soprosata it's an italian cured pork oh sure yeah i know what you mean right? yeah so um oh yeah there it is like um so italian cured pork is um is it's it's, it's raw pork um ground spiced and then um encased in a casing either uh uh um intestines um usually right. uh, usually um usually like natural casing right or um an artificial one but then yeah. hung and left to dry sure right? um that drying process is, is about a month and a half two months long this smells like if you opened up the door to the cantina to the store like to the cold room and and just got a, a wolf of salt and uh like just kind of dried cured pork right in the face you are really painting a picture for me right now yeah this yeah. That sounds pretty good. I, I want to be there. Yeah, this is on the nose. This is this is magical for me. This is this is all my childhood, and uh, my grandmother's my nona's house making making so. Oh yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is nice. This is really nice on the nose. Are you getting uh, still getting that like citrusy and herbal and floral character from the on the back? Yeah, right. If I. If I move away, if I move away about this, about uh, three, two and a half, three inches away, I'm getting more of the floral. But if I move in, it's all meats. This is, uh, I would highly recommend trying it with the double black too. It's really interesting because the double black, you know, it's, it's not terribly aggressive or smoky for somebody that's used to peated whiskeys, right? Um, sure. But there's just enough of that in there to come through while still retaining the floral citrusy and kind of clean character that the uh, botanist has. Yeah. Like I can still yeah. get all that, but with the addition of like a bit of smoke, a little bit of peat and butterscotch and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's yeah. super interesting. I would totally, if this was a cocktail in a bar, I would absolutely order it. Yeah. We need, um, okay. We need to try it. Oh, you hadn't even tried yours yet. Mm-mm. <laughs> I was several tastes in. I was um, <laughs> I was too busy in the nose. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so for reference, 
because I didn't say this to begin with. The Octomar I used was a 7.1. And um, it's identical, but more floral. Interesting. So it mostly took it over. It, but it, it didn't ruin anything. It didn't ruin the balance of the Octomore, which I've had before while, when trying to blend a couple of things with Octomore. I've never, sure. had, I've never had a lot of success with it. Yeah, Octomore um, tends to not. get real weird real quick when you do anything to it. Right, yeah. It's, everything's in a very delicate balance <laughs> there, and you put that out. and, and This uh, did not trouble. ruin... This did not ruin the Octomore. It did not ruin the botanist. The nose is magical. The taste is a, an approachable Octomore. Interesting. Right? It brought it down a notch and made it really pretty. Kind of sweetened and floraled it up a little bit. Not so much sweet. I feel like sweet might be the... Sweet, like in a like in a citrusy kind of way, not not sugary. Okay, yeah, like a, like an orangey sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Also, I, I need to comment really quickly. Yeah, Sniper Mac One. I do need a haircut. I normally <laughs> keep my I normally keep my head shaved. Um, but I'm growing out my hair for a Halloween costume. And um, my Halloween costume is this year's George Costanza. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. That's perfect. It's gonna, gonna be I'm amazing. Gonna shave, I'm gonna I'm gonna shave out the top. I got round glasses. I got a, a a plaid shirt, corduroys, white shoes, and I'm gonna have a Vandalay Industries T-shirt underneath because because <laughs> nice. nobody's gonna know who I am. That's amazing. Vandalay Industries t-shirt to be like, <laughs> Vandalay, I'm Vandalay. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Do you guys, who's, who's Canadian Whiskey Smith? Do you guys know, know Canadian Whiskey Smith? Yeah, yeah. Canadian Whiskey Smith is Teresa. She's a level one uh, whiskey song. Teresa, cool. I just figured in Canada, you guys all know each other, I thought. Yeah, no, we all live on the same single street that runs the yeah. entire width of Canada. <laughs> but yeah, I, coincidentally, yes, I know all of the Canadians here. So South Park was like a documentary, is what you're saying? Yeah, well, <laughs> I only don't have a floppy head because I got the surgery as a young child. You know? <laughs> yeah. Does your car have square wheels on it? Oh, Not anymore. Not <laughs> only the winter ones. You know, it's for well, traction. Friday, Friday, you get that resolved. Yeah. I'll get I'll That's get that right. worked out later this week. All right. So time. Uh, the beatdown, I think, was a very big success. Much success. Yeah. Much. One of us wasn't drinking a whiskey, but yeah, it was it was great. I am now. That's true. Well, a, a, a cocktail. Hey, you know what? <laughs> At least it was a Brugladi. True. Right. That is right. true. true. Oh, you're you're still good. And even though you are visiting me Friday afternoon, the typical time where people get fired, uh, you got nothing to worry about. Don't, don't. It's fine. It's fine. Come on, come on over. <laughs> I'm, that makes me more worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's get on to the fiddly bit section because let's do that. Let's uh, let's get this uh, wrapped up.
Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Okay. I just want to finish this and just get back to this um, lovely blend. Um, fri Friday, Monday evening, uh, myself and Adam uh, attended a Kiliman tasting at the Caledonian. Where uh -huh. we got to, under the guidance of distillery owner Anthony Wills. So jealous of this. Seriously. Got, got so to try jelly. in order uh, the Macular Bay, the 2009 vintage, uh, the Seneg, the Port Cask Matured, and the Single Cask PX Finish released specifically for the LCBO, which is the Ontario Liquor Control Board. I, I hate you now. That's that's it. That just did it. It was my jealousy a, consumes me. I for real. So me and Adam had a little bit of a difference in opinion on the order. However, we both said that the top two that we tasted was the. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, he said, his, "Well, his number one was the uh, single cask PX finish finish, mm -hmm. which was." 57% uh, ABV um, with a six-year first fill bourbon and 10-year finish in PX casks. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, that, was my, that was my number two. His My number one was the port cask uh, mature, which was full maturation in ruby port. Um, oh. And I'm a sucker for port. Yes. And like I just went haywire. I I'm not really good at tasting notes, but tasting this this freaking dram, I was so it was like immediate. I just nailed it. Like so, yeah, so I, I, I can I, I can get this, and you're saying I should. Yeah, you absolutely do should. it. You can get do it. Like finish stuff. Yeah, like if you like the port finish, um. Oh, sorry. Um, Steve asked full maturation port, ruby port. It, this was the, um, I'll tell you, the Kiliman port cask matured Isla single malt. Yeah. It's going to be released in Ontario in 2019. Um, but uh, by far, hands down, my favorite of the night. If you like port, you go get it. It's absolutely magical. Uh, man, like the weirdest note I got off of it was strawberry funnel cake syrup okay <laughs> is is there is that's a particular type of strawberry syrup just like, like you know when you go to a fairground and you get yeah. a funnel cake yeah you get the, you get the strawberries and they, they they douse it in syrup is that what they do in canada they do, it's, do always, it, it's always it's powdered sugar what? okay that that's standard yeah but you can they get do that coffee. too yeah yeah. What have I what have I been missing? Oh my god, Texas. so many things. Heck, man? We just fry candy bars and I'm, shit like that. I'm sure <laughs> it exists there. It's got to. Yeah, man. If you've if you've ever had a funnel cake and you've gone for the strawberry option with the with the syrup. Yeah. That, that is that is what it oh so good. What? So, so good. Uh but yeah, like Killerman. And I have a bottle, and we're gonna do something one day, episode wise. I have a bottle of uh, a duty free Kiliman uh, Call Point that I haven't opened yet for reasons beyond my <laughs> current sane state. Have not opened, but we're gonna do it one day. But 
What are you doing with your life? Killerman <laughs> is doing amazing, amazing things. Really the are. owner, the owner is super down to earth, super just straight to the point. And um, yeah, if you've never ha- got a chance to try their stuff, um, it's it's all fairly young, between five, four. They, they put some four-year-old stuff in there, but between five and about 10 years old, they just opened about, they opened in 2005, um, really young, but super, super robust. Yeah, they're, they're the first d- new distillery on Isla in 100 years or something yeah. like that. There's another one opening up soon, too, if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned. Right, yeah, there are new ones uh, coming yeah. in now. But yeah, if you've never had them, definitely try them. Macure Bay is... I feel is fairly accessible as well as the Seneg, mm-hmm. um, which um, I believe is Sherry finished. The Seneg, uh, yeah, it's higher proportion of Sherry versus bourbon, I believe, yeah. versus the Macier Bay is higher proportion of bourbon versus yeah. Sherry. That sounds right. I was still, I was, when, when he was talking about the Seneg, I was still on the 2009 vintage. Um, which was 70% Sherry Hogshead and 30% ex-bourbon, which is also absolutely fantastic. Yeah, just bottom line, Killerman doing amazing things. Give them a shot. They are. Amazing. Just fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah, really delicious. Absolutely. Um, My fiddly bit today is uh, it's – it's half a fiddly bit because I'm only I'm only halfway through with this book, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, Tasting whiskey by Lou Bryson, recommended to me by one the Weddle. Uh, the Weddle. The Weddle himself. This book. I think we can probably get the Weddle on at some point. Probably we could probably make probably. that happen. Tease, tease. <laughs> uh yeah recommended to me by the weddle uh i'm about halfway through it now it's a it's a super cool book and it starts off with you know the ways that whiskey is made and and uh, the ways it's matured and, and just all kinds of super nerdy detail and i've learned a lot of the i guess kind of finer points or questions that i've always had that i was never really clear on um Stuff like uh, the, one of the more interesting things I read this week in here was uh, if you have, say, a 10-year-old expression from a distillery and then you have an 18-year-old expression from that same distillery, you can't assume that that's exactly the same thing but just left for longer time, right? There's There will be different barrels in different proportions, et cetera, that goes into the 18 versus the 10. Sure. It's not just you know the exact same barrels left for eight more years. Um, which I found to be super interesting. That's kind of the assumption you'd make based on the label, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd highly recommend it. It's, uh, if you, if you only ever get one book on whiskey to learn, you know, a, a huge overview of all the different styles and how everything's made. And, um, this would be the one I'd recommend. So it is uh, very good. Brad, you've read it, right? Uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Brad, I think didn't you have to read it to get your Psalm one? Uh, well, you didn't have to, but you got it during the Psalm one oh, classes. You got, you yeah. got it as, as yeah. uh, reading material. Yeah, it's part of the right. Yeah, they base a lot of the classes based on this book material. Yep, between that and uh, whiskey distilled are the right. two kind of main source material books for the level one. And this is um, for people that may be watching and not 
um, or listening and not know where you get your um, whiskey psalm training, where do you get it, Brad? Austin, Texas at the Wizard Academy. Wizard Academy, which well, probably, is um, I think not a Harry Potter it. theme park, uh, but it is <laughs> an amazing <laughs> place to learn about all kinds of things, one of which is whiskey. Yeah. We'll, we'll link we'll link it in the description for anyone interested in just taking a look. They offer a lot of classes as well as the uh, Whiskey Psalm stuff, a lot of business and marketing courses. And of course, the uh, um, location of Crowded Barrel uh, Distillery. Yep, as well as on the that, same yeah, grounds. Yep. And uh, the Whiskey Vault uh, YouTube channel, et cetera. Yeah, we'll, yep. we'll link it in the description for anyone interested uh, in further, um, further expanding their whiskey knowledge in a more um, physical way. Um, okay. In case they want one of these ridiculous things to show yes. off. Yes, I do want one of those ridiculous things. Whiskey. <laughs> um. And yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, I honestly, I don't, I don't do a lot of reading. I should do more, but I can't, I can't sit down for whatever reason. They have audio uh, books, man. It's twenty eighteen. Like. That was the way when, when I brought this up to you the other night, I was like, Hey, uh, have you read this book? And you're like, no, <laughs> no, I, I don't even know what it is, but the answer is no. Yeah. It's like ask me, have you read, have you read? No, don't even ask me that question. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a dedicated effort to try. Like I try, I, I try so hard with the dark Should power series. Tell you what, would, yeah. would you come on Friday? I will give you the copy that I have so that you could read it. Yeah. And what's kind of cool about this book is it's kind of, um, it's like in a textbook sort of format where there's, there's graphic illustrations and sidebars and things like that, you know, so it kind of breaks it up. It's not like reading, you know, a, a, a novel, right? right? You can break it up into small sections and, yeah. um, the chapters are all pretty short and, yeah, it's it's more like a textbook than it is just reading. You know, yeah, it's more like going back to school. Doesn't that sound fun? Peter? Yeah, yeah, that sounds really exciting. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. Really, really selling but it. Would it. Be whiskey school, so that's, that's fun. That is true. Brad, what do you got? I have a way to save yourself when you get a broken cork, which oh. is a two pronged cork puller. Oh, I've like seen this. Yeah. They're they're made I, mainly for like wine stuff, but they work on most whiskey corks as long as it's got like a flat-ish top and not like a ridiculous topper on it. But basically right, yeah. you, you stick it in around the cork and you kind of twist and get it in there and then you can pull it out because it'll just mm -hmm. by friction, you know, you can grab the sides of the cork instead of the broken top bit. Have you had to use it yet? Uh, I have. I actually got it on Amazon next day delivery because a bottle of Ardbeg 10 had a broken cork. And I, I definitely didn't want to waste that. Yeah. yeah. And it works great. I, I've only used it the once so far, but it worked great that time. So yeah, hopefully it'll That's keep solid. working. I need another whiskey toy, I think. Yeah, that because... sounds... Uh, sort of inappropriate no comment and no judgment well i mean from the look of that thing you might be able to use it in a few inappropriate fashions well, jeffrey Bertrand said it seems like a tool to deal with people who request brad but too much i How, mean is that there, even possible can you but there know, is that too much i don't think so i, I don't, don't know <laughs> all but right we, we did uh, hr department at this podcast <laughs> I'm going to get my supervisor. Yeah. 
Brad? Yes, Josh. Um, I don't feel safe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Josh. Maybe we should just end this podcast, and then, you know, I'll I'll have a nice talk with Vito on Friday when he's here, and yeah. next week we'll we'll find out who the new host is. Night, you know what happened? <laughs> uh, do I know what happens? You you might not, which is I probably might. better. Yeah. So might be for um, the best. We're going to end this lovely, informative, and wildly somewhat inappropriate on that note. <laughs> with just a huge thank you to everyone that stuck yeah. with us uh, while we rambled on for an hour and a half. Um, a little, a little bit more than what we would normally like, but we had a super filled. Uh, episode we wanted to share a lot with you guys um and absolutely and no technical difficulties no no Every, this is all intentional just for your entertainment our producer extraordinaire the demi host just knows exactly what to do at the right time there were no technical difficulties that's right he has the master plan okay and we're gonna i'm gonna quickly quickly sorry i'm gonna quickly shout out mr jeffrey patron patron He's got a live stream tomorrow evening, yes. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time with our own co-host, Josh. Howdy. Um, three American single malts are going to be discussed tomorrow. Balcones Mirador, uh, the Colquigan, and the Corsair Triple Smoke. The Colquigan single malt? Colquigan single malt. Oh, Bal so delicious. Balcones Mirador and the um, Corsair Triple Smoke. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All, all good. Um, if you don't know, um, that's going to be hosted on the Whiskey Tribe Facebook group. If you're not a member, um, we'll link, and this is a lot of work for Brad. We're going to link the <laughs> video uh, to the Whiskey um, Vault, Whiskey Tribe Facebook group, as well as the video for that you should initiate yourself with. For God's sake, answer. There's three questions. Just we answer know. the three questions. They're very simple. Just answer Super them. Super easy. Easy. Um, watch the video. Answer the question. Ask. Request the entry into the into the Facebook group. Get entry. Watch the stream. It's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Patron's awesome. Obviously, Josh, you're watching this. You know he's awesome. Um, looking forward to it myself. Uh, I should be in Ottawa by that time, so I may be able to jump in at a certain point and uh, heckle you guys. Oh, please do. Oh, I will. And yeah, so um, going back a little bit, thank you to everyone that's joined us. You guys are awesome. Again, like or dislike. And if you're going to dislike, tell us what you didn't like. Um, we're going to keep on formulating and, uh, discussing and figuring out what works best for this format. Um, and we're going to try again, we're going to keep on adding things and inviting people on. We have a big, big list of, of what we want to do, yeah. but we need your input. We need it, uh, because we want to know what everyone wants. Uh, got to keep it fresh and, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we really, we just really appreciate everyone sticking around. Yeah, so, cheers, guys. Uh, yeah, so slaunch it, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Stay classy, stay safe, and drink very, very, very.
slowly. Very. Cheers. <laughs>